Welcome to Women Leading the Way Radio Show, where each time you'll hear from successful women CEOs, executives, and professionals, where we'll discover how they do what they do to be successful in business. We'll be interviewing women who have overcome big challenges, women who have incredible stories of lessons learned in dealing with adversity. We'll even interview women who have started and grown successful organizations and women who are C-level executives with unique talents and positions. Our goal is to bring successful businesswomen together to share how they're leading the way in business today. Good afternoon and welcome to Women Lead Radio, brought to you by Connected Women of Influence. I am your host, John Burroughs with Finance of America, and you've reached us on this month's version of Your Financial Fitness. And our topic today is Catch a Rising Star. And our leading lady for this show today is Lauren Reese, also of Finance of America. And we're going to take a little different twist on this interview this day because Lauren is um, a very special person within our organization. And in just a few minutes, you'll find out exactly why and why I asked her to be my guest here today. But if nothing else, Lauren, just please say hello to our listening audience. Hello. Thank you, John, for having me on today. Absolutely. I came up with this idea maybe about a month or so ago uh, in speaking to another one of our coworkers who happens to be your father, uh, who's also in the mortgage banking industry nearly as long as I have, 39 years on the job, and your father, I believe, is just shy of about 38 and a half years. So yep, somewhere when, around there. Yeah, so right about there. And then what came into mind was uh, when I noticed – and we were having a discussion about what you do in conjunction with the lending part of it. You are a licensed uh, mortgage banker, and you hold the NMLS license, as do we all here. But what came to mind was how much success you've uh, discovered in stepping into this industry uh, in such a short period of time. And you've got quite a few compliments from not only the folks around our office, my boss, your boss, and what I wanted to do is illustrate with the show uh, what it takes to make a transition, a major transition from one industry to another and how to make that smooth, as smooth as possible and successful. So without further ado, Lauren, give our listeners a little bit of a background where you came from before you got into the mortgage industry, please. Yeah, so like you mentioned, I grew up in a mortgage family. My father's been in the industry for over 38 years, and my mom was in the industry as well. But I, as children do, was going the far opposite direction. And at 16, I started training horses full-time. And I did that for about eight years um, and loved every bit of it. But it was time time for something new. And I said, you know what? I've been around this my whole life. I'm going to give it a shot. Um, so, and so, so horse yeah. trainer to mortgage banker, I mean, that's a kind of a leap there, too. Now, granted, aside from being, you know, being born in – you were literally born into the mortgage industry, too. But uh, I guess uh, – and I understand the horse thing. I have many friends that are in the field as well. But that's got quite a, a, a jump there, too. I mean, what prompted you, what motivated you to go that route? Was it just the familiarity? Or give us a little bit more insight. What makes Lauren tick? 
So I knew that I was ready to try something new. I'd been doing the horses for a long time. I'd gotten to where I wanted to get, and I got there and knew that it was time to move on and to try something different. And so when I started thinking of different options, I said, well, I have my parents in the industry. I have an easy, safe way to give this a shot, and I'm going to try it out and see if I like it. And if I don't, I'll move on to something else. Uh, But I ended up loving every bit of it. And so it was just I was ready for something new, and it was right there in my face waiting for me to try. Well, and we all know, I mean, well, maybe we don't, that it can be a very lucrative industry. It can be a very lucrative profession if done correctly, too. And mm-hmm. I've heard comments uh, from uh powers to be within our company here that said they've seen you accomplish more in about two years than uh, other uh, professionals have in maybe even 10 years. So how long have you actually been in the business, in the industry right now? I started in the industry March 1st, 2020. Oh, wow. So it's been almost two years. And I started out as, yep, so I started out as an assistant for my parents who both work for finance of america so i was their assistant helping getting loan files going communicating with borrowers doing marketing Um, and then i january 1st 2021 became a fully licensed mortgage loan originator january 1st 2021 and of course then you've gone on and you're doing your own originations as well as the assistant with the family team there, too. So it's branched out a little bit there, too. Um, You know, was there something else other than, I mean, it's time to make a move? Was there something else that gave you some additional motivation? I mean, let's face it, the the money's a, a big attraction for people, but most folks wouldn't gravitate into something that are so different entirely too uh aside from having a safe uh landing platform too that you took advantage of and then ran with but any other motivations there too or and and what have you accomplished within that time frame go ahead and toot your own horn (laughs) yes definitely um it when I started thinking about it, it just made sense. It was a, why didn't I do this sooner? The things that I love most are working with people, problem solving, doing puzzles, math, numbers, and just helping make people's lives better. And this job gets to combine every single one of those things every day. And so once I figured out all of those things and how much I love each of those aspects and how good I am at it, it was, uh, why didn't somebody make me do this sooner? But nobody could have made me do it sooner. But yeah, well, I know your I know your, I know your personality, and I don't think anybody makes you do anything. So that you had to be personally <laughs> motivated. I can see that. So uh, definitely. Well, definitely. Um, the the transition um, once you made that uh, that leap of faith. Uh, what do you think were your biggest challenges? Uh, in making that kind of transition from, well, your clients before were horses, big four-legged animals, a couple thousand pounds. Um, yeah. Well, I don't know. How much does a horse weigh? <laughs> About 1,200 pounds. About 1,200 pounds. So you have a 1,200-pound client, and now you have two-legged clients with brains, and you're dealing with something very personal, their money. So what did you find is your biggest challenge or your biggest surprise that you didn't see coming? Yeah, the 
The people part actually wasn't too difficult because horses do have owners that are they're humans that own them. It's not as big of a financial investment as a house. Horses are a big investment, and there's a very big personal aspect to it. And so I was actually very well prepared for dealing with the people and the intricacies of working through problems and all of that. Obviously, it's different when you're talking about a full house rather than a horse. The stakes are a lot larger, but I really already had those skills, which was really nice. Um, The biggest difficulty was just learning everything from square one. Even though I'd been around it my whole life, I had to learn every little piece of the industry and how to um, evaluate all of the documents and just make numbers turn into a solution. And yet at the same Uh, time, you've got this balancing act with people's emotions, because let's face it, when they're doing financing, probably one of the biggest financial investments of their lifetime, and I assume you've experienced, as have I, you know, they can get a little touchy, shall we say, at times. Uh, Did you ever (laughs) find that to be uh, uh, a bit of a challenge, the, the emotions involved with it? I have, and it's not so much um, dealing with, for, with it from the standpoint of um, trying to get to the positive outcome. It's just the I get personally involved with every single client. So when they're not happy, it makes me not happy because I just I want to see everything come through for them. And so if there's anything that isn't working out or they're frustrated, I just don't like to see that personally. Um, so I'm still able to handle and navigate and make everything come to the best possible outcome, but I never like to see set and hurt, especially when they're talking about their dream family home and all of that. I get where you're coming from. And on yeah. that note, we're going to take a brief pause there, Lauren, to uh, let our sponsors mm-hmm. identify themselves on today's uh, Connected Women of Influence radio show, Women Lead Radio. Thanks, John. Women Lead Radio is brought to you today by Connected Women of Influence and our partner, Microsoft. The Microsoft mission is to empower every person and organization on the planet to achieve more. Microsoft believes technology is a powerful force for good, and they're working to foster a sustainable future where everyone has access to the benefits and the opportunities created by technology. Microsoft believes technology can and should be a powerful force for good and that meaningful innovation can and will contribute to a brighter world in big and small ways. So thank you for your support, Microsoft, and to all of our sponsors and partners like you, Mr. John Burroughs at Finance of America. And now back to your show. All righty then, and with us today, if you've just tuned in, is our ghost, our ghost, our guest, um, Lauren Reese, also with Finance of America, and I'm Your Financial Fitness is the name of my monthly show, and I'm calling today's version Catch a Rising Star in the form of Miss Lauren Reese. So back to our conversation. All righty. Um, we talked about what the motivation, technical side of things, your biggest challenge so far, how the people skills come into play. Um, give me an idea here, too. If you were going to, uh, and, and every one of us in new endeavors, we're always going to you know, take a bump in the road or somewhere along the way. If you had to do anything differently than how you got into this business or how you approach the whole process, 
goodness knows, as you said, there's a ton of information. It's very overwhelming. Uh, what would you do differently, perhaps, if you in in hindsight, which of course is 2020? Well, I wouldn't have had my first week in the business in March 2020. That's for sure. <laughs> um, it was trial by fire. Um, I was working with my dad, and he said, you know, if you survive these next three weeks, you can survive the next 30 years. No brainer. All righty. <laughs> so, um, but, no, I, no, um, I probably would have tried to uh, just take more learning courses and training courses and everything um, up front because I would wait mm-hmm. until I found out that I didn't know something before learning it, or I could have ah. learned it before I got into that point. Um, so just being as prepared as you possibly can before jumping in would definitely um, be a, a big thing. Now, I, I got lucky very because big... I, was, I was working with a team, and so if there was something I didn't know, there was always somebody that did know it. But if, I, mm-hmm. if that weren't the case, um, I definitely could have used a lot more uh, training and knowledge headed into it. Yeah, training and education, you can't uh, yeah. ever know too much in your business. Exactly. Uh, what, are, what about the whole licensing process, too? Because the NMLS, National Mortgage Licensing System, which is the national license we all are required to hold as mortgage bankers to be able to originate loans, which also puts us in the category of being a fiduciary with our clients, having to take more care about them than it is. It's not about us. It's not about our commissions. It's about doing the job right. So that licensing, did you find the testing to be a challenge? I, a little bit, um, I actually got a bit unlucky, and right when I was ready to take the test, all of the testing centers shut down. So I had to wait an extra four months before I could take the test. Mm -hmm. So that was definitely nerve-wracking because I was all prepared already, super confident, and then had to hold on to every little bit of that knowledge over the next five months before taking the test. Uh, But I've always... I've always been a good test taker, so that wasn't a huge point of anxiety, but it's obviously um, covering topics that I had never focused on before. Yeah, and it's somewhat obscure information that I don't know how applicable it will be in the day-to-day workplace. Uh, Much of it is not, but a lot of history and details, fair amount of memorization. But, too, that's – so clarify for our listeners, too, that's both a state and a national exam, correct? Yes, so the way that I did it, which was a suggestion through the education system that we use, was to take the national portion, do the national education, and take the national test. And then after I passed that, then I went back and did the California-specific education. Because Mm -hmm. the way that our system works is we have our national laws and regulations, and then each state has regulations on top of that. And so they find that if people are doing the national and state at the same time, things can get confusing. Um, and you can get national and state regulations confused. Yeah, very much so. And, and I, I thought, remember when yeah. it came into play, I think it was 2010. I'm going from memory. 
um, that <laughs> yep. uh, quite a large portion of the lending industry actually dropped out of the industry, turned their back on their career and walked away due to the oh, difficulty of it or the exacting standards they hold you up to. But you uh, yeah. seem to have, uh, you did pass on, it sounds like, first try. Yes, I did. Outstanding. Not a lot of people did. And for our listeners, that percentage on the first time around, I think only about 40% of people taking a test passed on their first exam. So kudos to you for doing so. a good job. Yeah, yeah. outstanding. Yeah. Um, and something about you... the test, too, that people may not know is there are three different segments of the test, and you have to pass all three sections individually as well as have a, having a passing score for the total exam then in my career of nearly 39 years is probably the most difficult exam I've ever taken with regard to professional training and such. And it weeded out a lot of bad apples, which was a good thing too. Well, I'm really Definitely. glad to see that you got to join the ranks of, of the professional, the license. And now, right now with your business, tell me, since you started March 2020, how have you been doing since then? What growth have you seen and how have you uh, do you, what do you owe your success as you, uh, as you do exactly as I've described, measure more uh, professionalism and success as our rising star? Yes, definitely. So I, as I mentioned, uh, became partners with my parents and the team that they already had going. And so a lot of what I did was take over the um, loans for existing clients of theirs. So their client base that they've had that's been building and growing for 35 years. I started managing those clients and helping them out as well as bringing in new business of my own. And from 2019 um, to 2020, I quadrupled um, the business that we had been doing as a team, um, which was pretty big numbers. And that also allowed uh, my father, who had been focusing a lot of his time on the traditional mortgages, gave him the opportunity to expand his own reverse mortgage business because he was able to pass that on to me. So we both and were able to significantly expand. Outstanding. So one of the things um, that I focus on, and I know you have some definite expertise, more than some of us old dinosaurs in the industry, I know that one of the spices you put into your recipe for success has to be the marketing uh, part of things. And now, I don't care if your business is training horses or, or washing uh, a mobile poodle washing business out of your van or doing mortgage banking. The marketing and the expertise in that arena, I think, is critical to any business. So if you can just blanketly, what are you doing with regards to marketing that would be good advice to any business owner that's listening today? Uh, the most success that we've had in marketing is making it personal. So reaching out individually to old clients they're doing, how soccer's going, all of that has the biggest impact. But just reminding people that you exist, being in their face is the biggest thing. Um, if you send out a marketing campaign once a month, it doesn't necessarily matter how good it is. It's just the fact that you're getting in their inbox and reminding them that you're still there. If they are headed to dinner with friends and they say something about, but they're thinking about buying a new house or taking cash out for a remodel, they say, oh, I saw something from Lauren the other day. Let me give you her number. 
So mm-hmm. it's just the consistency of being in their face, um, but politely, um, not obnoxiously, but just constantly having that reminder of, hey, I'm still here to help you. Anything that you need, I'm still here. Now, I've got to assume um, social media is such a large part of uh, marketing out there right now. What um, what uh, avenues are you using along those lines? Because I know you're you're quite expert at doing so. Yeah, so I market on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. And LinkedIn is a lot of old um, business connections, so reconnecting with financial planners and people of that sort. And Instagram, I tend to reach new realtors, new escrow agents, new title officers, um, because they can just search by hashtag for mortgage, and they find my page. Um, And then I find the most personal marketing is on Facebook because that's the specific friend base that I've built um, where I keep in touch with everybody um, from all walks of life. And so that's where I get the majority of personal friends that I already know saying, oh, hey, Lauren does this. I need to give her a call. Mm -hmm. Well, here's a a question. You've obviously uh, already had some measure of accomplishment and success so far. Um, What are your future goals in this industry and for your career? Where where are you headed? What are you thinking? Where am I headed? The trajectory that I'm on right now is great. Obviously, I want to continue to grow my business. I don't have any grand aspirations of being a top producer in the entire company um, because I want to have a little bit of fun at the same time. But Mm -hmm. I want to continue to expand my client base, be able to help more of the friends in my life, be able to help the children of old clients. And I have a couple of great realtors that I work with and being able to work with them more and give their clients the best experience possible um, and kind of build my business from a relational standpoint is my big goal there, being able to build, keep building those personal connections and helping those people. Very much the personal side of it is critical to the equation. Um, so yeah. you mentioned the word fun just a little while ago. I would assume you're still writing. I mean, what do you do for fun? Give us the personal side of you, of Lauren. Yeah, so big thing right now is skiing. Um, so I try to take ski trips as much as I can, and I'm able to kind of work sporadically throughout the day while I'm on the mountain. Um, <laughs> during the summer, I like to travel and hike and see all sorts of pretty things. Uh, yeah, I just like to go see, get outside of my awesome San Diego bubble. As great as it is, there's a whole world out there. Uh, I have visions right now, a visual of of Lauren taking a loan application on her cell phone while on a ski lift. It has (laughs) happened, I guarantee you. Oh, interesting, very interesting. Any uh, still dabbling with your horses? A little bit. Um, I still help out at the barn that I worked at for the last, um, for the previous three years. When they need help, I try to go and, um, teach some lessons and ride some horses for them. But other than that, I don't own my own horse right now, but I have a couple of friends with horses that let me go ride them whenever I want. So I'm still able to get that horse fixed. And I oh, do so some you're able with to, horses. And, yeah. 
you're, you're able to borrow the horse without the expense. Uh, I had exactly. a longtime friend that was a um, a breeder, uh, an owner, and a trainer, and his um, his spin on things was anything that eats is a losing proposition. So. I can agree with that, definitely. So, so, so we've talked about how you got into the business. You were literally born into it and coming from the family yeah. and making the transition, going through all of the technical side of things, getting the testing done. Uh, and then, of course, people skills. It sounds like that was a natural for you, which is helpful. Uh, advice for newcomers, and because you made a big leap of faith, coming from horse trainer to mortgage banker, that's about as opposite ends of the spectrum as you can possibly get. Uh, any words of wisdom or advice, somebody who's facing uh, that whole situation that you did, it's like it's time for a change, it's time for a career. What advice would you give somebody, put yourself in their shoes, and what advice would you give to those folks that are trying to make that kind of transition? Yeah, I would say, I mean, it sounds cliche, but trust your gut. If it feels like it's the right move for you, then it is. Um, but make sure you do your research. Make sure that you have fallback options. Make sure you are financially prepared to have a rough start in the industry because it's not always easy starting out, um, no matter what industry you're going into. But if you need a change, then just hold your breath and make that jump. Um, but do your research and make sure that you're going in fully prepared, have contacts, make sure that you have some mentors to look up to. I was so lucky on that respect, just growing up around the industry. I had people on speed dial that I could call and ask for advice. Um, yeah. And it's really great being able to look up to so many different people because no one person is going to run their business the same. So being able to take different bits and pieces that you like from five, ten different people really helps build the best model for yourself. And just as an industry as a whole, if you were to speak to people out there that are looking for an industry or a new career opportunity, what would you say to those folks about the mortgage industry in general? Yeah, I would say it's a lot of work. Be prepared to work at 10 p.m. on a Saturday when your realtor calls asking for a pre-approval letter, but it is incredibly rewarding. I'm getting... Mm -hmm. The, the thank yous that I get and everything from my clients when they get into a new house or they're saving $300 a month on their mortgage, it just, there's no better feeling. But it's a lot of work. It takes a lot of time and dedication, a lot of knowledge, and you have to always be on call, but it is absolutely worth it. Um, yeah. Outstanding. Good answers to all of this, too. And, and again, in case you just caught joined us partway through the show, we're speaking with Lauren Reese with Finance of America. And I asked her to be on the show today because I see her as a rising star. I Even your own boss said to me, you're not, <laughs> you're not even aware of this. But she paid you huge compliments in saying that she's seen you come in a two-year period of time faster than most individuals do in, say, a 10-year period of time. I think your technical expertise is a big part of that, something some of us dinosaurs out there are probably a little less adept at, but uh, you've done an outstanding job. Any brilliant words of wisdom? Um, we're getting down to close to the tail end of the show here, but I don't want to cut you short. Two things, if you would. 
hand out a phone number or email contact information if somebody is interested in contacting you directly and picking your brain further. So your contact info and any brilliant words of wisdom. Yes, my contact info, you can reach me by phone or email anytime. Like I said, 10 p.m. on a Saturday, no problem. <laughs> my email address is lauren.reese at financeofamerica.com, L-A-U-R-E-N dot Reese, R-E-E-S-E, like the peanut butter cup, at financeofamerica.com. And my phone number is 858 771 Four three two zero eight five eight seven one four three two zero. Yeah, I mean the biggest word of advice is just make do something that you love. This industry, I love it. It's not for everyone, but it is so rewarding, and I get to wake up and smile every day about going to work. And there's nothing better than that. Outstanding. Well, those are great words of wisdom to share. We appreciate your participation today, Lauren. I'd like to say thank you to Lauren Reese of Finance of America for being our leading lady today. And special thanks to all of our listeners, both in the U.S. and internationally, as we are an international show. You know, after our show today, you can listen to Women Lead Radio on subscription podcasts, specifically Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. We're expanding fast to a daily radio show. And for now, we'll be back again for another Women Lead Radio show, Mondays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time. <clears throat> this has been my sincere pleasure to be your host today, John Burroughs with Financial America. Thank you for listening, and have a great week out there, folks. Women Leading the Way is produced by Connected Women of Influence, the premier private membership organization where like-focused, business-to-business executive and professional women connect, collaborate, and cultivate a vast network of high-level affiliations, resources, and professional relationships. For more information about Connected Women of Influence, please visit our website at connectedwomenofinfluence.com.